This is a Rooster Teeth production. In eastern Pennsylvania, there stands a decommissioned hospital with a dark history. Opening in the year 1908, it was home to decades of unethical treatment before finally closing its doors in 1987. Though it now leaves a haunting legacy, with multiple reports of ghost sightings ever since. Today, we return with another Halloween special as we explore one of the most haunted locations in America, Penhurst Asylum. This is Red Web. Welcome back, Task Force, Red Web, new and old alike. We are back with another Halloween special. That means we are in person with the place that we are exploring. If you're not watching us now, don't... uh, (laughs) If you're not watching us already, we will be doing a ghost hunt at the end of this. I'm your host, Trevor Collins, and with me, as always, is Alfredo Diaz and... Face reveal, you were here last Halloween. I Christian was. Young, the Hello. producer for the show. I got roped in as well. Ooh, we got a lot to talk about, and we are in the throes of it. We are in the basement of one of the buildings here at the Penhurst Asylum. Fredo, with that gut instinct, how are you feeling? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, I mean, first and foremost, why? Why is it like, you could, you'll see it in the video, but why is it like, are, why are we making it a thing? Where we set up the table and we have our back turned to like the creepiest. We didn't like, even pick this spot, spot this that, time. It just Christian who decided did it. this was our thing. I did. The red lighting looks cool. It looks cool, but I just don't you have to like, give it credit. <laughs> just back against danger. That's yeah, just some, that's some that's cool red thing. lighting in the background. Um, this place is huge, and there's it's, dude, it's massive. There's so much to explore. Here's a photo in its heyday. Just if you want to take a look at that. Oh my goodness! Sprawling. It's like a, it's like a university campus. It used to be like 40 buildings. But like a rich buildings. person's university campus. Yeah. Well, like yeah. This, ain't, this ain't a community college, you know? Yeah. So as you can gather, this episode will be a little bit unique. It will be shorter than our most normal episodes because there are no theories. Instead, we will be going uh, and getting hands-on with a ghost hunt, walking around these halls, talking to the spirits, engaging with some of the stories of the other haunts that have been known to happen around this place. And so if you want to experience that, go ahead, listen to all this. We're going to talk about the history of this place, how it closed, some of the stories people have experienced, and then we're going to cut we're going to roll up a whole new video. And we're going to go ghost hunting hands-on. We have a lot of different tech that we're going to talk about, and we're going to see if we can uh, capture any of our own experiences. How do you feel about that? I'm mentally exhausted already. Mm-hmm. Being being scared is exhausting. So I'm, is. I'm already just like, whew, it's going to be yeah. a long night. It's, oh, it yeah. Is. It really yeah. is. How do you think, uh, how do you expect this, the question for both of you, how do you expect this to compare to last year? given what we explored and experienced at Yorktown? Well, mathematically, it's about three to four times. What we're going to be able to see is like three to four times the size. This campus still has many buildings that are around. Some are overgrown and whatnot. So I'm excited. I think there's a lot more stories that come out of this place, but I'm also highly creeped out because I know what's coming in this story. <laughs> I, I will say that like Yorktown was terrifying, but... After like towards like maybe like the last third of it, I started to feel this false sense of like safety just because we were it was small enough to get familiar with the right. place. Right, you're like, oh, I've I've been here. Right, this is you get familiar with a building, and then there's another building. Everything <laughs> like, is new. Everything is new. There's different areas. It, the like Yorktown and like 
I don't know, you had the hospital aspect, the basement aspect, you had the church. This is like, you got this themed room. There's like a music room right over to the side, mm-hmm. of, you know. Um, so I don't feel like I'll be able to settle. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. So one of the stories we're going to talk about takes place right where we are recording this podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and throw that tease your way. Let that settle in. <laughs> I forgot Get you feeling that. at home. Oh, yeah. I hope that gulp picked up on camera. Okay. <laughs> Let's dive in. I didn't even realize I gulped. <laughs> it was like, I didn't realize. It was like a scooby I had no idea I did that. I was just like in my own head like, this sucks. Oh. All right. Let's dive in. The history of Pennhurst State School and Hospital is what it was first referred Mm. to when it was founded in 1908. It was an institution for the mentally ill and physically disabled individuals. It was originally known, before that even, as the Eastern Pennsylvania Institution for the Feeble-Minded and Epileptic, to quote it specifically. Lengthy. It sits near Schuylkill River and supplies were brought to campus via train. As you know, as we kind of drove out here, it's it's not too far from town, but it is a bit of a ways, a meandering path through the forest. Yeah, I mean, going back to Yorktown, I mean, like, what is it? Like, across the street, you were saying, Christian, it was like a Dollar General? Yeah. And it was literally, literally like, it was 20 like, feet away. Right, and it was like General. a main road, so there was a ton yeah. of cars and lights, so if I got scared, I could run outside the building and boom, safety. Here, it's just woods, man. It's a campus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this location, Penhurst, remained active for about 80 years until it was finally closed in 1987. We're going to talk about why that is. And that does feed into the stories as to the haunts and the residual memories that continue to haunt this place. So about 40 buildings made up Penhurst, including dining halls, staff housing, laundry rooms, and even a dairy farm. Which is oddly enough, yeah. Interesting. Go milk some ghost cows. (laughs) It also housed about 500 patients concurrently. The school, which was broken up into upper and lower campuses, remained abandoned for roughly 30 years after closing, which would be all the way to today. It's been closed for about 35 years. The campus had a series of hidden underground tunnels that connected each building, and the first patient was admitted back in November 23rd of 1908. Some crickets down in the tunnels. You can hear them now. Yeah, we're going to start loud. hearing stuff. This is about, so about to be loud. rough. I am already drenched in sweat. <laughs> ever, ever. <laughs> we're ready to jump at any noise. It is worth saying, though, 10 years before it closed in 1978, Penhurst had 1,156 patients. So it was quite heavily populated given what it was built to hold or to accommodate. And according to the Penhurst Memorial and Preservation Alliance, during the entirety of Penhurst's existence, there were about 10,600 patients that came and went through these very buildings. And they estimate that unfortunately about half of them passed away while here. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, this isn't like a, hey, there's a house with a family. This is bodies on bodies. Oh yeah, lots of individuals, lots of patients. So the patients themselves were divided up based on what ailments they might have had physically or their mental illness classifications. They were also assigned jobs at the facility, including things like farming or baking and cleaning, to say a few. And many patients would look out the large window of the Mayflower building that we are currently in, hoping for visitors. So we'll go try to take a gander out those windows ourselves. So Penhurst became quite overcrowded and understaffed, lacking the funding to properly provide for patients after simply a few years of being open. But despite that, as you know, it maintained its doors open and function uh, for 80 or so years. Yeah, so 
you know, just to put a, a specific number. So like 80 years of like being functional and open. Barely. Yeah. And 78 of those were severely understaffed. Mm -hmm. On multiple occasions because of this, the Board of Trustees requested more funding and support from Pennsylvania legislature. And it was said that the superintendent claimed that the maximum capacity was just shy of 2,000, but they had just shy of 2,800 total residents. The staff at the time was said to be around 800, and the superintendent wished for the staff to actually be closer to 1,500 so they could properly treat and accommodate all the different patients. Oh, my God. But they were not granted the funding to pay for any more employees, and the hospital continued as it was. That leads us pretty nicely, if you will, to the closure and the reasons therein. So, in 1968, a five-part television special by Bill Baldini called Suffer the Little Children brought attention to the improper treatment and the conditions here at Pennhurst. There were countless allegations of patient mistreatment, which ultimately led to the closure of the school and the hospital, of course. These conditions included, but were not limited to, and there's some striking things in here, so if you're sensitive, you might want to skip ahead a few seconds, but psychologists have uh, nights and weekends off, which sounds nice. However, this is a 24-7 facility. People live here. So there would be times where patients could theoretically go multiple days or nights without having proper treatment or getting their medication or seeing any of their doctors. There were also physical restraints that were used, uh, such as seclusion rooms in isolation, binding of patients to their hands and ankles and stuff, to chairs or to a gurney, like there's one right over there, and uh, strapping patients to beds and chairs. We are actually sitting in chairs that were at the original facility. And if we can pan over, it's a little dark, but there is a bed that is also from the original facility just over to our left. Damn trap is what it is. Damn trap. There it is. Oh. Okay. God, this sucks. This is a, it's just a much different experience. Mm-hmm. So a couple thoughts. The kids, I feel like that's going to be the primer, right? If you have like, if, if, if we were to experience some activity, maybe some, I mean, it's already creepy. Maybe a little scurrying around the halls, a little laugh some here and giggles. there. But... I'm assuming there was like a bad doctor that passed away here, and that's the one. I could see a kid just being like, "Shh, he's coming." Oh no! Don't you put that in mean? my head, you dude. I mean? Come on! Right? I was, I You're was not telling me I'm wrong. I was not living without wrong. the tropes, and you not, put that in my mind. Not telling me I'm wrong. Yeah, well, but, I, you, but then oh, I'm not telling you you're wrong, and you, I, I mean just, it's the gut instinct, man. What am I, what am I telling you? It's just bad. But then also, like, okay, just because I, I know how this goes. There's an isolation room. Yep. Some are going to be isolated. There were seclusion rooms. They is, were absolutely used. Some are going to be isolated. Someone's <laughs> going to be isolated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those goes. Yep. <laughs> All right. In addition to that, though, there were some other things, such as chemical restraints, which sounds interesting, but sedation, tranquilization, okay. uh, things of that nature. Drugs were used to sedate individuals, and these restraints had no d- direct correlation to the lack of proper patient care by the staff. Uh, there was also, I'll just keep it uh, brief. There was human waste, uh, not properly oh. cleaned up, um, not being properly disposed of. That it could was be found. in these exact chairs. Well, yours, yes. Um, as well as sometimes sexual assault was uh, said to be happening by the staff on the patients. So a lot of sinister things, and we will be diving into a few of the less sinister ones, but still pretty dark. 
On January 2nd, 1937, 15-year-old Eugene Statler died of a brain hemorrhage and shock after spending six years here at Pennhurst. Statler was being questioned by somebody named William McGraw, actually a Pennhurst employee, for allegedly stealing 95 cents. So, as it is said, uh, four other residents claimed that McGraw had told Statler to put on boxing gloves for his punishment. He then received several blows to the head against a wall by McGraw. Uh, McGraw claims that he was interrogating Statler when he received a phone call, so he stepped away to address the phone call. And when he was done with the phone call, he returned to find Statler unresponsive. McGraw was held on charges of manslaughter. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that happened. Yes. That I mean, because a lot of the things that you were talking about, the bad things, the list of evil things that were happening it just seemed like okay or probably happened but still allegations and whatnot but this is more so this is proven like oh right there was witnesses for sure and i mean there are reports for all these things and i would trust it yeah uh, given the very colorful history here and again we will kind of expand on a few of them but uh not a not a bright and pleasant experience yeah happening here for about 80 years or so this, this isn't like an Amityville horror type thing. This is like a 13 ghost type situation that we find ourselves in. Yeah. They're going to be experiencing different mm. types of beings. Well, jumping forward to an autobiography written by Roland Johnson, who was a former president, excuse me, former resident of Pennhurst. Johnson shares the story of when he witnessed a boy thrown out of a window. What the... Johnson recounts that while the attendants were changing shifts and not paying attention because of it, someone had pushed the boy out of a window. Fortunately, the boy did live. However, he did suffer a broken hip and leg. So you can even see that sometimes it's not even just the employees here, but rather some of the other patients here that are carrying out some of these uh, sinister deeds. Well, now comes your gut check. We have a man by the name of Dr. Jesse G. Fear. No joke, that's the name. Hey, what? Dr. Fear, the head resident physician here at Pennhurst, admitted to Baldini, the person who was running that show, that he mentally and physically punished patients and what he called downgrading. I'm going to leave that with you. I'm not going to expand upon what that means because it is far darker than than I want to get into. I feel like this is like a, I mean, it was Dr. Fear. It's like a, it's like a Dr. Doom Marvel situation. Yeah. It's like, why are you trusting this person? The person has fear in his name. Like, I get you don't want to like, like, uh, I don't know, you're a bad guy. Mm -hmm. You say you have an evil villain name, but I don't know. Maybe just background check a little deeper on that one. Right. The name fear strikes us. We should look into this guy. Well, one of the other things that he would do would, would be issue injections designed specifically to maximize the pain towards the patient oh, as a up. punishment but designed also to prevent any long-lasting damage or signs that this had gone down. Jesus. Torturing people. Very sadistic. I mean, like, I don't think I need to explain it any further. It's just terrible things. And Dr. Fear, because of this, only received a 30-day suspension from these crimes. So again, now we know a little bit more about Richard Greist, who was an, an employee here for eight years and what he was capable of. We know what the head resident physician was capable of, and we see how the punishments were kind of lightly handled. And I think that that paints a very colorful picture yeah. of this place. It's just, I mean, it's understaffed. You have people here who really need a lot of help, some that are dangerous, mm -hmm. and then there's just evil everywhere. 
Oh yeah. I'm just, I'm, this just sounds dramatic, but <laughs> just it's a big place with a lot of bad people. Well, you can imagine now why energy would cling to a place like this yeah. in such a heightened state that the people, just, the patients that were here were in, you can imagine why it would linger. There's a mosquito right there. Get out of here. We've had, okay, I want to pause. We've had so many omens coming into this place. <laughs> Personally, I got, I got a chipped tooth. I got clocked in the jaw while I was eating a burger. That's what happened by a ghost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I saw um, This morning also, I had a nosebleed. I haven't had a nosebleed in a long, long time. You didn't tell and us that. You didn't even mention that. I didn't know. Nugget of info. That was not mentioned. Additionally, some other bad omens. When I got to my hotel room, I put on the TV. Green Lantern was on. <laughs> so That's... <laughs> The most haunting of That's all. That's alarming. <laughs> no, but seriously, when we walked in, <laughs> there was a circle of bats flying around above us. I did my it best really to was. film it. I think it. we recorded a video yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. yeah it, it was did. insane. It was literally flying a circle directly above us. And so, yeah, there's a lot of interesting omens as we walk into this place. But we want to go yes. about this hunt, ghost hunt, if you will, in as respectful as a manner as possible. We hear that the activity that goes down in this place responds to kindness. And I think hearing some of these stories, it makes a whole lot of sense as to why that's the case. Because otherwise it is said that the ghosts flee of any sort of antagonizing that goes down. Okay, so I mean, so I guess like Dr. Fear isn't supposed to be here. Well. Right? It's like a nice ghost. Christian will invite them in. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, man. I didn't sign up for that. You're the first. You're the guinea pig on this one. I'm the, I'm the guy who Googles things. Right. <laughs> Google doesn't he's he's literally people. that guy. In the <laughs> All right. Well, speaking we'll, of speaking of yeah, bad omens, yeah. I was telling you guys, I had the most severe motion sickness I've ever had this morning on the yeah. flight. Well, I think the pilot was, he was twisting that plane around. I was, was feeling a little bit too. Yeah. It was like a sardine can getting shaken up. But mm -hmm. I mean, if we're talking weird, weird events. You got any? No, Anything out of place. No. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's though, still to come. Right? Like I don't like I don't I don't know if that's a good or bad. Does mm -hmm. this, does it mean that the ghost is more likely to mess with me or mm -hmm. less likely? Well, I mean, it also doesn't help that literally yesterday, a person named Kelsey Childs, you'll get to know her in a, in the future around Red Web, but I met up with her to get some of the gadgets that we're gonna use for the hunt. And without paying attention, she held out something and I just grabbed it. And it was her haunted doll. So that <laughs> didn't probably help. What? Yeah, so I've I've interacted with a haunted doll before. Why are we tonight? setting each other up like this? What's, well, wrong, what's wrong with people? Why are you waiting until now to reveal all this info? That's a <laughs> We've lot. We've to make sure the task force gets here. I would it. not have jumped on the plane <laughs> with this man. <laughs> We've been with this man for the last like seven hours. <laughs> yep. Just seeping in. <laughs> all right. Coming back to it, the documentary that we referred to earlier compared Penhurst spending, oddly enough, to one of the largest zoos at the time. Just to keep it succinct, the zoo spent about $7.15 a day in, in period money. It's definitely different than, than what it'd be today, but $7.15 a day on their animals. Whereas Penhurst was said to have spent only about $5.90 uh, per day for the human beings and the unwell that were patients here. So that gives you any sort of metric for some, just three-dimensional chess on how they're uh, mistreating their patients, essentially, in every which way you can gather. On May 30th of 1974, a class action lawsuit was filed on behalf of former 
and current residents of Penhurst against the institution and its staff after the family of patient Terry Lee Halderman saw her with multiple injuries. She reportedly suffered over 40 different injuries, including Jesus. cracked teeth. Wait a minute. That wasn't in the outline when I read it. I got a cracked tooth myself. I don't want to actually put things together, but like, that's just weird in my mind. Anyway. Wait, what? She it had, wasn't in the she had uh, other bruises and fractured bones, uh, things that the family nor her, could, like they couldn't explain. And so obviously, obviously, something was going down here at Penhurst, and that is what led to the class action lawsuit. This eventually escalated to the Supreme Court, called Penhurst State School and Hospital v. Halderman, or simply put, Penhurst v. Halderman. The trial lasted 32 days before U.S. District Court Judge Raymond J. Broderick found that Penhurst was overcrowded, understaffed, and lacked the programs needed for adequate habilitation, which violated the 14th Amendment. Additionally, it was also discovered that during this trial, half of the residents had been committed based on a court order, which while the other half of the hmm. patients had been committed by friends and family. So you immediately have Big mix. a totally different mix of individuals uh, with different needs. The average age of the resident was also 36 years old, and on average, residents spent 21 years here at Penhurst. Wow. Those who were older than 18 were not allowed to leave, being court-ordered to stay if they persisted. Now, when it comes to the punishments that many of the patients faced, those themselves violated both the 8th and the 14th Amendment. And for anybody who doesn't know, especially our uh, International Task Force listeners, the 8th Amendment, very succinctly, uh, excessive bail shall not be required, nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishments inflicted. But when it comes to the 14th Amendment, it's a little bit more of a mouthful. Granted citizenship to all persons born or naturalized in the United States, including former enslaved people, and guaranteed all citizens equal protection of the laws, which clearly both were uh, being broken mm -hmm. here in this uh, moment. Now, in 1981, a Time Magazine article described the place as having, quote, a history of being understaffed, dirty, and violent, of course. And then in 1983, nine employees were indicted on charges related to physical abuse and mistreatment of patients. In 1984, the, trials were, uh, the, the trial was finally settled and called for closure of Penhurst. And that's why this place eventually closed in 1987, specifically on December 9th. The hospital was legally deemed unsanitary, inhumane, and dangerous. So after the place was closed, ultimately the patients made their way to group homes and thus Penhurst eventually closed its doors and remained abandoned to this day, where you then flash forward to now on Halloween 2022, you find the Red Web Task Force at a table sitting in original chairs in the basement of the Mayflower building. It's going to be okay. One step I, at a time. That's... <coughs> Man, <laughs> just man. I don't know. I thought maybe, maybe I'd be okay with it. Maybe I get over it. But I just know that I'm gonna walk out. It's gonna be dark. Like right now, it's like dusk. Yeah, the sun uh, was still up when we started setting up down here. Mm -hmm. But also, these lights are gonna turn off. It is pitch dark in here. The only like lights that we have are like glowing red, sinister looking lights. <laughs> like. And there's a lot of it. There's a lot of it. We'll be, we'll be here for like four hours. I'm gonna, I <laughs> mm -hmm. have like four hours ahead of me of just being terrified. Like yeah. that's my night. 
We brought some sleeping bags. <laughs> we'll be good. <laughs> I um yeah, this this place is is freaky. And I was just kind of poking around a little bit as we were setting up and it's deeply unsettling. And I yeah. honestly, I'm not trying to like, you know, soften any of the atrocities that happen in this place, but I legitimately had a gut reaction when I read about um Terry and how they had a chipped tooth and stuff cuz Literally, I'm not trying to like put two and two together, but it was so weird to like have that ha like literally hours ago. Yeah, it was before hours we ago. came here, and I and I definitely like the nosebleed this morning. It was just like things were off. Yeah, and I tell us about that one nope. again. No, yeah, I, that I, I, I thought it was nothing, but then I realized like a few things that never happened to me all kind of started happening. I don't know. So I'm I'm actually a little a little on the on my back foot right now. It's like, it's like a low key final destination, but just never told us to get off the plane. <laughs> oh yeah. No, you I had, I, mean? I had the you dream. I mean? and I was like, Ooh, <laughs> you know I, mean? I don't want to scare anybody. Better not say As anything. it's taking off. It's like, man, if you saw what I saw, <laughs> <laughs> you, you need to start saying stuff, dude. Yeah. All right. So let's dive into some of the hauntings that people have experienced because there have been many, many reports of paranormal activity by staff and visitors alike here at Penhurst since its closure. Even the underground tunnels are said to be full of ghosts and patients, which for you task force watching at home, there is a tunnel just down that way. These tunnels connect all these buildings together and we will be exploring some of those later on. What? Yeah. Some of us in isolation. The Mayflower Building, the very building that we are at, in fact, is said to be extremely active. There's also the Quaker Building, which is right next door. It's considered dangerous since visitors have reported being pushed, sometimes hit, sometimes even feeling a choking sensation that it makes it hard to breathe. And that's right next door. Uh, Go ahead. Say you're just walking. Mm -hmm. And a ghost walking. just clocks you across the face. And chipped my tooth while I'm eating my burger? Yeah. Yeah, it happened. It chips another tooth for you. But like, even me out. <laughs> like, you, are you running? Are you talking to it? Are you just like, are you fighting air? Like, what's happening? Here? I think I'm so in shock. And thankfully, there are people here that I would look to the next person to be like, did you get it on camera or did you see it? Validate what my experience was. Mm -hmm. Okay, give me the brightest flashlight. I'm out. And I would grab somebody because I don't want to run out alone. That's that's yeah. how the bad stuff happens. I've seen the movies. That's true. Wait, so like if that were to actually happen to you mm -hmm. and I was like, nope, that happened. That's a thing. It went down. Who's leaving? Who's that? Who's who's I like, think I'm saying because obviously we're here. Run. We're like we're here. We need we're a code shooting word. the show and everything like that. Who's like, you know what? I don't care. I'm bailing on this. Christian, how do you feel? It would depend on what would happen. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not opposed to being the one to pull the eject cord. It would depend on how the night unfolds. Mm. I batten down the hatches. I say that because I'm in light right now. I don't know, man. <laughs> I would true. probably be so it is just gobsmacked. Like what just happened? Yeah. Yeah. That I, I don't know what I would actually do. I will say that as you're getting further and further into the outline, we haven't even started talking about the hauntings yet, no. but as you've started getting further and further, I'm, it's like sinking in that this is where we are for the yeah. next, like Alfredo said, four or five hours. Yeah. I think and one thing that- It hits differently. It yeah. does hit differently. I think one thing that helps me, I love history and I love grounding myself in history. Like for me personally, the fact that I can be, like this is an original chair that was here. Like these walls were the very walls with the very same paint that is now of course decayed a little bit, but like 
these walls have memory. And when it's a haunted place, yes, that can be a deeply unsettling, but the way I go about it is it like grounds you to humanity, to people that have once been here like a hundred years ago. And so there's something kind of comforting about that. And so it allows me to kind of forget about the sinister nature that a lot of the patients experienced in this place. But you're right. As we kind of dive into this, it reminds me, nope, right in my face. That's <laughs> that's what you're up against tonight. Like, whew. I just kind of you slept in tunnels, man. Like tunnels is a whole new world. Oh, yeah. It's, it's gross. Yeah, like it's, it's a step above basement in terms of creep factor. Like basement's already unsettling, but something right. about tunnels, underground tunnels mm-hmm. just accentuates that. Because then I feel more. like you started bringing, I mean, uh, like tunnel starts opening it up to, to me, like cryptids and stuff. Well, tell me what you would do. <laughs> I'll throw a theoretical back at you. Cryptids, let's just go with that. Or even ghosts. Let's say you're in the tunnel. Okay. You're in isolation. All right. In theory, right? Come on, man. Don't, don't. Do <laughs> just that. talking about don't, theory. Don't. Hypothetical. Hypothetical. Don't. Come on. Now, you're in the midst of it. It's a long way back. It's a long way forward. And you start hearing distant footsteps, picking up pace, getting louder. Oh, God. And you can't tell which direction it's coming from. What do you do? I can't tell which direction? Mm-hmm. You just hear... Of the footsteps coming at you. I mean, like... The fact that you threw in, you don't know the direction it's coming from. It's so hard to hear in those tunnels. Yeah, we poked our head into a section of the tunnels, and it is legitimately like you cannot pinpoint where audio is coming from. The reverberation is oh, so man. insane. Roll them dice. 50 50. <laughs> Roll just them dice. Oh, yeah, I'm bolting yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, stick out both arms, clothesline, whatever comes. Well, that's the thing, too, that's like, okay, look, we're here, we're ghost hunting, and, you know, and it's like, you won't see anything or whatnot, but like if something does like happen i'm i'm a runner i'm a run mm-hmm. but like i don't know this place at all you know so i'm very well um capable of hurting myself here just by running oh, yeah. to a wall tripping on something there's yeah, lots yeah, of yeah, unsafe sure. things and like you said at the top there's no dollar general nearby to go run to nah. you run out of here you could just get lost yes, in another geez. perhaps more haunted destination so coming back to it we have a former penhurst tour guide who spoke of an experience in which a guest felt pressure on their neck. They saw a ghost lunge at them on the third floor of this very building. And that's where I was talking about that kind of choking sensation. They felt that this spirit lunged at them. They felt this cold presence and then they were struggling to breathe. Another thing, you mentioned children. Children's songs have been heard on spirit boxes in the Mayflower basement. Oh, so here. Okay. We've kind of taken a gander into this room behind us, and there are some original children's toys and tables and things from decades ago in that area. There's also some modern toys that people have brought to try to coax out spirits, and then they leave them as kind of gifts to the spirits that might be here. Again, people like to treat these spirits with kindness, and I kind of appreciate that. Um, Now, this area of the basement that these songs have been heard was nicknamed Candyland due to the murals on the walls. We aren't there now, but I'm told by Christian that when we see them, you will know exactly why. Yes, Candyland is in a separate building. Oh, it's in a separate building. We will have access to it, yeah. Gotcha. And the halls of Quaker now, the building over, 
Some visitors have seen a young girl with long, dark hair, and I don't know why they had to describe it this way, but dangling arms, wandering Whoa. around, perhaps searching for someone. We will not be going to the Quaker building. I'm just going to lay that to rest right now. Oh, okay. I <laughs> Thank like goodness. That. I like that. I don't I like, like that, that mental image. reassurance. It is also a very dangerous building given yes. its its dilapidated yeah. state. It is legitimately unsafe to be in that yeah. building. Yeah. Now, moving on to the Limerick building, there was a woman in a nurse uniform that's been reported to be walking around the halls of that building. Okay, I think that's a distant car. I think yeah, right. yeah. society is near. <laughs> that just gives me calm. Okay. Visitors have reported hearing children playing, crying, slamming doors, sometimes music boxes, and even the sound of vomiting, which makes a lot of sense given the history, throughout Penhurst. No particular building, just throughout this campus. Many believe that the majority of the ghosts at Penhurst are friendly and may be in search of someone to hear their story or the horrors that they endured while they were patients here. Others are understandably angry about their experience while here and can be heard making the sound of perhaps metal crashing. That's been a common thing heard. And I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if there were nefarious ghosts, you know, spirits such as Dr. Fear, people that did these horrible deeds unto patients that might still have a presence or a residual energy here. There have also been, because of, <laughs> good segue self, because uh, there have also been um, experiences of shoving, scratching, things of that nature. In fact, there is one commonly seen yet unfriendly ghost with another interesting name, the King. This person was a maintenance worker here at Penhurst and is often seen in the Mayflower boiler room. Christian, do you know in this building where that's at? Because it's here. It must be like somewhere around That's a good question. Here. It, I, we have someone on site with us who knows the location. We can ask them where the boiler room is. There's no way Ooh. that they wouldn't know. They can totally tell us. Yeah, we yeah. can ask. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we'll definitely ask. And then when we go into the hunt, we will uh, definitely... <laughs> Yorktown had a <laughs> We'll definitely investigate yeah. that room. Shane's I just like I can't I can't control the shivers coming down my spine. Okay. Well, Yorktown had a boiler room where it was a, what like a double homicide and there was blood that was yes. dried up. We couldn't find the blood, but yeah, yeah, yeah we, a, we I think a murder suicide. Yeah. What happened in that room. Mm. So, when we go there, here's a few mental notes for us in the crew to think about. Some visitors have reported the smell of cigar smoke there. The king is known to touch visitors and sometimes even choke them. So these are all things to be aware of. Mm. It has also been said that a female ghost haunts the same area and warns visitors. Fredo, come on, man. I'm telling you, Task Force, this man has a sixth sense because you joked about it, but here it is. Literally, it's not a child perhaps, but it is a, a female spirit that haunts the same area and warns visitors with a very barely audible run. That, oh, that exact word, huh? Yeah. Knew it. That sucks. <laughs> Don't like being right about that one. <laughs> oh, man. It's like the movies are mirroring something. Yeah. You know? And, and Okay. Visitors have often left King cigarettes in the hopes of placating them, though personally, I'm not really here for such kindness towards anyone who might have wronged patients. It's a spirit that chokes people. Yeah. Why are you leaving them cigarettes and cigars and stuff? I mean... To not anger him. It just seems to be a positive reinforcement. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. You don't want to, yeah. But I also don't want to, you know, get, Antagonize get, it. get choked. Right. 
lastly, but certainly not least, as we wander these halls, you'll see a lot of markings on the walls. Those are from, oh, yeah. whether they be other investigators or tourists or what have you, some mean something and some are just kind of graffiti. But it is said that satanic rituals also occurred throughout this campus uh, since the closure, of course. And it is said that these rituals may have opened portals that lead to the access uh, of more demonic entities and more sinister spirits that might come to this facility. Damn buffet of horror. Yeah, we just opened (laughs) things right up, didn't we? We got cult type stuff happening. This is wild. But in closing, there's a few facts here, Christian, that I see that you placed. Now, it is worth mentioning, we keep referring to it as Penhurst Asylum. But when we talked about the history of it, it has at least two other different proper names. And because it's uh, now in 2010, it was rebranded into a Halloween attraction for this period of time in the year, they then officially renamed this campus to Penhurst Asylum. So that's why you have that name. And to this day, they regularly do offer attractions such as ghost tours, Mm -hmm. uh, ghost investigations, which is why we're here, haunted houses and more. So they do lean into the nature of this place and they do celebrate the idea of the paranormal, but they offer a lot of respect. We did talk to the tour guide and they said, well, if you want, whether you want interactions or not, really, they recommend you go about it in a very respectful way. And so we will be going into a lot of different rooms, kind of announcing our presence, introducing ourselves and opening up the floor for any sort of interaction, as opposed to other methods uh, that we've had in the past, perhaps, which is kind of antagonizing, digging into uh, whatever the story might be to see if we can garner any experience that way. But they say that the uh, spirits kind of flee the scene if that's to happen, and that's understandable. Mm. Squonk style. Squonk style. But they don't melt, just run. They don't melt. No. All right. Well, as we come to a close of the story, the history, the haunts of Penhurst, and we start to move to the next portion, which will be a haunt, it will be a whole separate video. It'll be available on the Rooster Teeth app and website, as well as our YouTube channel. So check those out if you're listening at home. But as we get into it, I kind of want to walk through some of the gear that we brought, Christian. If you have, yeah. we can either oh, bring yeah, some over or we can uh, kind of go off memory. But anything that delays this. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll go, I'll go grab some. I'll be right back. You guys. Chatter amongst yourselves. Trevor is closest to the gear. So we will be we will be exploring four separate locations here at Penhurst. We will be exploring the Mayflower Building, which is where we currently are, as well as the bad one. It's it's not a good one. Uh, As well as the Rockwell Tunnels, which is part of the underground tunnel system that connects the entire complex. Is the tunnel big? The the guy that we spoke with said that it's about 1,200 feet worth of tunnels that we'll have access to. And that's not the entire tunnel system. That's just right. what we have access to. And then we'll be exploring the infirmary as well as, yeah, I believe it's the Devon building. And I'll just say this now. In speaking with our tour guide, we asked um, we asked them what, in their, their experience here, where they've had either the most interactions or heard reports of the most interactions, and her immediate answer was the basement of the Devon building, as well as the top floor of it. So that sounds like it's going to be a hotspot for oh, us. Oh, yeah. I'm very eager to get there. A lot of other people claim that this building, the Mayflower, Mayflower building, is the more active, but it, it all depends. Sometimes she says it ebbs and flows. Like sometimes this building would be highly active while the others seem to be quiet and vice versa. So we have a few things here. We have 
the EMF reader, which is meant oh, to yeah. detect some of the electromagnetic uh, energy that a spirit is said to exhibit. Um, so if we come across any sort of residual energy in some form, a spirit perhaps, you will see, I'll turn it on, you'll see that it will spike like that. Now, there are other possibilities that happen. Like if I were to get this near the mic, well, I can't make it happen, but if you get this near other electronical equipment, it could pick that up. And so we will do our best as always to try to reasonably debunk everything. Right. We're not gonna be out here to try to shut down everything. Mm -hmm. We're gonna have an honest experience. And yep. if we can debunk stuff, we're gonna try it. Yeah. Otherwise- It mm -hmm. spiked up in when I had that in Yorktown. And I was yes. like, I think it's just my watch. Yeah, do you have your, happen your when watch you, on? Well, when you I, I, think, I believe it was when I got a notification, it jumped. Gotcha. And well, we so, have no signal right now. But yeah, you'll oh, see yeah. this light go from one on to about, well, I think the max is five. So there's that. We have an EVP uh, voice recorder. What? So what you do is you simply, it's just a normal voice recorder, but this one, it's, it's said that if a spirit is speaking to you, they can interact with, uh, with a recorder of this kind. And you will have to historically bump the gain up quite a, a loud amount. So you can listen to the white noise. And yeah, sometimes you can noise. hear something audible and you listen for intelligible responses. So if you ask what's your name and then you hear something like Allison, uh, uh, then you know you might have something. And again, this takes a lot of time and energy to cipher through and make sure you're not listening into stuff. So. Mm -hmm. This might not come into play, but we will have it and we'll use it just in case we get anything. The cool thing, and I said this in an episode recently, is that if there was any, like if anything did come up that we missed mm -hmm. that was on video, like maybe ghost orbs or whatnot, like the, the task force would sniff it out. Oh, yes. So that's why I felt really good about um, Yorktown is because we weren't getting a flood of tweets like with the screen, <laughs> with, like, with like a screenshot being like right there behind you. Yeah. And so... I'm I'm hoping this doesn't happen to you, oh, you know, yeah. with this with this run here. Oh yeah. So get in there with your eyes and ears. Really helps study the film and all of that. But uh, another thing that we have is kind of like a laser grid. I'll aim it that way. So the idea here is that uh, if any sort of it, it just kind of helps see movement. So what we'll do is we'll set it down so it's not moving at all. And if anything casts a shadow, you're going to see the layers, lasers get blocked, or you might see the lasers suddenly hitting something closer by. Or uh, if you see any movement, like we tested it by aiming it towards the trees outside, and you can see as the leaves jostle in a gentle wind that the yeah, dots move. move. So it's a good way to cast, and I'm very eager to use this in the tunnels because you can <laughs> cast it way down the tunnel, and it helps you identify in the dark if there's any sort of movement. Whereas if you use a flashlight, it might discourage some activity, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm very eager to use that. It's the first time we used it, and it's actually uh, being lent to us by Kelsey Childs. Again, uh, another friend of ours in the paranormal scene. Uh, Christian, I'm not exactly sure uh, about this teddy bear. Do you mind walking us through what so, we got here? Yeah, we need to take some time to figure out how it works, but I believe uh, that it is kind of like a nanny cam. I don't mm -hmm. think there's an actual video camera inside of it, but I think it has an audio recorder. And so I believe it's meant to serve as, uh, you know, for example, one of the, the things the tour guide told us was that there are supposedly the spirits of children here who interact with toys. So this can serve as something to interact with them w with and then mm -hmm. uh, record any interactions. Like mm -hmm. I said, we actually need to sit down and mess with it. Yeah. We wanted to try to come in kind of, kind of as blind as possible. Just right. Got a little backpack. I believe yeah. it, it might also act as a spirit box in the sense that a spirit can speak through it. Uh, again, we haven't, oh, you, you're pulling out the little pack, huh? Uh, <laughs> a little battery pack. Uh, but yeah, we 
If you know, uh, a friends of ours did another show very similar to this. It was called Haunter. I'm wearing a shirt with it on right now. Yes, you see? Yeah, Haunter. Haunter. Uh, these were some of the tools that they used while investigating various places, including this one. If you want to check that out, again, those are friends of ours over on the Rooster Teeth website and our co-workers, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and they did that for two seasons. Fantastic show. I was a part of uh, two lovely episodes of that, if you want to check it out. But... I digress. So this is just some of the gear that we have. Obviously we have uh, some flashlights, we have some night vision on the cameras, and what else do we have? Some headlamps. Our wits. Our wits. Our <laughs> sharpest tool. <laughs> and a few other odds and ends. I might have uh, oh forgotten some God. things that are in the cases still, but- That's the bulk of it. That's sure. what we've got. And, uh, and this is the moment where we will close down the audio podcast, video podcast experience. And if you are listening and you're excited about it, Come over to our YouTube channel or, again, the roosterteeth.com yeah. or app, and you can watch the whole visual ghost hunt go down. But Thank any God. last words as we get into it, boys? I've been very quiet because I am scared. Yep. <laughs> Gathering your, your senses? I just, it's, I'm on edge. Especially once you these start. Light, these lights are going to go down. These yeah. are really, really it's bright lights. You want to try the darker. lights off before we kill the uh, this yes. portion of the. Yes, we should. Just so the, I mean, just so the camera can see what the yeah. eye is going to see. Because right now, I'm, you know, you're sitting in the comfort of your like your home or wherever on your screen. It does look kind of well lit in here. And it, it, these are bright, mm -hmm. really yeah. bright lights. Oh yeah. There's we have three. Here goes one. Uh, Second one's gone. There's one. Oh wait, that's one off. That's one down. Sorry. So Shane. already. It's Shane's really gonna bring the light the down. That's one there's more. Two. Uh, there's, there's one final light off to our side. It's not nearly Cameron, as bright as it used Pennsylvania, to be. Pennsylvania uh, local taking out the final light. Here we and go. This is no lights. <laughs> oh my! Oh, this got God, so much worse. Oh, this got so much worse. <laughs> I just realized we've been red. staring at bright lights yeah. for like an yep. hour. Are, I can see that's not like, gonna help our night. Oh God! Cameron touched me. I think that was. Was that? I hope that was Cameron. Dude, the red. The red behind us is. It's kind of calming. It's not. It's yeah. not. Dude, this it's is kind of zen, dude. <laughs> like, I get that this might seem like. This is a I'm good opportunity. I'm phone? not. This is. We're also going to take flash photography. Is, I want to see if I. Oh, God, that's bright. It is so quiet. Yeah. You guys, it, it is so quiet. You don't like. I'm going to take flash photography for the sake of finding oh a spirit. And I wanted to surprise you with it, but it didn't work. I'm going to go this way. Wait. That was chirping. Did you hear, like, footsteps? Yes. I heard that, yeah. There was a couple footsteps just literally like, right above us. Yeah. Okay, we're not even in the... Okay, no, let's no, bring the lights yeah, back. Sorry. I'm terrified. That sorry, might be our guide. That might be our guide. Good it could be. I mean, our like, base camp is right above us. So, okay. yeah. So, the, light, the lights make it seem comfy. It is not comfy. It, it just... Instantly, so, I, gotta, I gotta check these. Yeah, these, uh, yeah. This, this entire episode, I've just been like, <laughs> just especially so, as we started going through the list of hauntings, anxiety. It's mm -hmm. really started settling in, and I'm very right. much on edge again. Look how blurry it is. Blurry. I'm gonna um, see if I see any so start, or anything. And man, it's just something like, and I know, like you know, a lot of task force members they'll listen to an episode be like, "Ooh, that was creepy," like just. Put yourself in that in this position right now where you hear it, you're creeped out. You're like, <laughs> oh, that's bad, Juju. That's a bad place. But you're there and like you got hours mm -hmm. of wandering around. Mm -hmm. Yep. You thought our intro music was uh, tone setting <laughs> and creepy? Oh, yeah. Come join us. 
Come play with us. All right. Well, with that said, I will say before oh, we wrap oh, up. So uh, they're, they're, they're keeping us here. I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> so uh, Shane and I spoke with our our site rep before starting just to ask about ideal isolation locations. Okay. If we were to pursue that for the exploration portion. Good research. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she gave us a few options. She said there is one location in, I believe it's the the Devon building. I'm not sure if that's the correct name. Okay. Uh, But there is an isolation room in the Devon building on the second story. There is a bathroom in the Devon building on the second story. All right. She said that some people will actually choose to sit in the bathtub in that room. Come on, man. And isolate themselves. There is space in the basement for isolation. And then she told us about uh, what is called the the 10-minute tunnel challenge. What? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Somebody somebody will sit in the the Rockwell tunnels by themselves for 10 minutes. Bonus points if you uh, use no no lights. lights. Bonus points for no lights. Can you use night vision? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Can I like sit there and at least look through the night vision? (laughs) Here's here's the thing. We'll be down the tunnel. We'll see your light and then we'll go 10 minute challenge. (laughs) And then you just see the light disappear. You volunteer for that one. We'll We'll also be on walkies. Because in case we do split up, we have right. walkies. All right. Do you want bathtub duty or tunnel duty? I don't want any of the duties. <laughs> I don't want we got none, chores, man. We gotta the, get the we gotta get the job done. Oh my okay? god. Okay, hold on. Wait, hold on. I'm sorry. This is look. I you cut what you need to. I just I need a second. Because <laughs> they. I'm All right, t- we're going to go ahead and wrap this portion up. Thank you so much for watching. Hit that like and subscribe if you are on YouTube. Otherwise, if you're on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, whatever, thank you so much for reviewing the podcast. We really do appreciate it. And thanks for enjoying this entire Haunted House Month culminating here at Penhurst Asylum with another uh, active ghost hunt. We have another one on the channel if you want to go check that out. If you missed Yorktown Memorial Hospital last year, fantastic stuff. Otherwise, yeah, thank you for the response to the Yorktown oh, yes. Hospital. That's, we're doing this that's literally the reason because we're of doing you. this again. Yeah, so thank you all. Of Yorktown doing so well. Yeah. Otherwise, Fredo. Bathroom. I don't like it. Bathroom. I will see I don't like you it, bathroom. next week for another mystery. A, ba- a bathroom. At least I know of, of my way around a bathroom. I don't know my way no around a tunnel. Running water. <laughs> Clog toilet. <laughs> <laughs>